welcome to Fruitbox, Fruitnet series of conversations about the fresh fruit and vegetable business with me, Chris White. Every week I talk down the line from here in London with people from across the world of fresh produce about some of the biggest issues they face today. My aim is that these 15 minute conversations twice a week give you the best insight into how to do better business in fresh fruits and vegetables. Today on Fruitbox, I want to talk about shoppers and shopper behaviour. How have things changed these last few months? And what lessons can we learn for the next few months? In fact, perhaps even for the next few years. I'm delighted to be joined down the line by Joe Shaw Roberts, the Consumer Insight Director for the produce team at Cantar World Panel, the consumer research company. Joe, welcome to Fruitbox. Thanks for having me, Chris. Now, Joe, here in Europe, we're all coming out of lockdown after three pretty intense months where all of our lives have been turned upside down. Your focus, I know, is on on the UK, which I think is actually very helpful for us today in all kinds of ways when it comes to discussing the impact of coronavirus, because the UK, sadly, has been hit harder than many other countries in Europe. So what for you are the big trends you've observed here in Britain when it comes to fresh fruit and vegetable consumption in this first half of 2020, how different is, has it been to last year or any other year for that matter? I think it's probably been the most different to any year on records. <laughs> We've um, you know, come out with publications saying that this is the highest grocery growth ever recorded and produce, fruit and veg being such a big part of that grocery shop that we all do naturally benefits a lot from that. Um, so that there's the elephant in the room, which is COVID and, and how that's affected our shopping behaviour. Whatever you say about it negatively, and, and there are definitely lots of negatives, of course, um, it's actually done wonders for our fresh fruit and veg consumption. So in May, we ate on average 3.4 items of fruit and veg. So you might say, oh, how can you eat 0.4 of a vegetable? But that's just an average over the month. And that's an increase of 0.3 versus the same period last year. So it's it's caused us to become a bit more health conscious from a fruit and veg consumption perspective. Um, there are some really interesting dynamics going on within the fresh produce category as well. So as you know, the shoulder categories such as prepared um, fruit and veg are always competing with fresh fruit and veg. And in times of higher consumer confidence, they can steal quite a lot from, um, from, from the kind of fresh, particularly fruit items. However, what we're seeing now is that because consumer confidence is so low and the unique circumstances of being locked down and having more time to cook, fresh produce is really benefiting from prepared. We're seeing lots of volume being shifted away from prepared into fresh from shoppers who are making direct switches um, between those two categories. You've also got a really interesting trend going on with organics at the moment. So in times of economic hardship, like we're in and about to enter, organics tends to struggle because of the price premium. But now we're actually seeing organic fruit and veg grow ahead of non-organic during lockdown, um, which is something that I don't think any of us would have predicted. And there are some unique circumstances there as to why that's happened, you know, particularly around when you head into a store now, you're probably less discerning when you go to the fruit and veg mixture, you're probably just looking to pick up whatever you can. And also there are about one in three people whose um, who real disposable income hasn't been negatively affected by all of this. So organics represents a, a nice trade up there. I suppose the watch out there is it took organics about six to seven years to recover 
from the previous recession. So um, while, while we could be enjoying some nice growth now, there's definitely some preparation to be done. Uh, you, you the, the, the issue of recession I want to come on to in a sec, but you've just mentioned that shoppers kind of have been going for products that they they know they can pick up quickly. Um, and of course, then we've all been cooking or eating them, eating them at home, and there's been a decline in demand for prepared produce. But surely things aren't going to continue that way, are they? There's going to be a return to convenience and, and prepared products and other products in due course, isn't there? I think to some extent, yes. But we all need to get comfortable with the fact that we'll be eating at home more often, um, certainly more often than usual over the next two years. That was definitely the pattern of the last recession. And now if you add in the extra reasons that we have not to go out, public health concern, et cetera, as well as the ingrained behaviour of staying in our homes more often over the past few months, um, convenience is going to have a real challenge on its hands to bounce back in relevance to consumers. I, I take many people's points that we're very fed up of scratch cooking occasionally and we just want something quick and convenient. Um, but I think it's the real absence of that convenience mission when we're in a rush back from the office or perhaps we've um, met friends or family first for something in the early evening and are then rushing back to eat that that kind of consumer mission really isn't around anymore mm. so if that becomes more relevant again as we return to normality convenience will bounce back but it will be i think as um, the economists have said a u-shaped recovery rather than a v-shaped one um so, so you've mentioned already uh, the word recession, and it seems pretty certain that we're headed for economic recession across Europe, in fact, kind of everywhere. Um, we, we went through a, a pretty deep recession in 2007. Uh, it started in 2007. Do you think this one's going to be the same? No, I think it'll be very different. Um, to cover off how we coped with the with the increased costs and trying to save money after the last recession. Um, it, it's important to understand that there are four levers we can pull um, in an effort to save money when shopping for groceries. The first and most obvious one is we can just buy less stuff. And that doesn't typically happen in FMCG because we all need to eat and it stacks up favorably with eating more expensive items and drinking more expensive drinks out of home. Um, so we expect volume to remain pretty resilient. Now, the second thing we could do is change store choice so we could shop at a cheaper store. I think that's pretty likely to happen again this time round. So we, um, we shopped in cheaper stores last, um, during the last recession. We now have greater availability of discounters. They've massively expanded their footprint and are in far more locations than they were last time. So actually, I think that's um, more likely than ever before to happen. But then again, you've got to consider that Companies like Tesco are, are adopting price wars with Aldi. Um, proximity might be an issue when people go shopping, so people might not look past their most local store. Um, it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. And then we, we have the option to trade down to cheaper products as well. Um, and, and that's pretty likely to happen. Whatever the surge in premium on organics is at the moment in fresh produce, we are going to be looking at a period of two years plus when um, when value and label becomes really, really important for shoppers trying to save money. Mm. Now, now the, the government likes to tell us, or the government liked to tell us at the last recession, that the last recession lasted, you know, a couple of years and then we pulled out of it. But for shopper behaviour, it actually lasted a lot longer than that, didn't it? That's absolutely right. So the official recession was 
roughly 15 months, um, while the consumer recession lasted about six years. So that's six years for consumer confidence and real wage growth to bounce back to um, pre-recession 2008 levels. So if you take that as a benchmark, that, that's the kind of time period we should be looking at adjusting um, grocery offerings for consumers to take into account the uncertainty. So that takes us at least into the middle of the next decade to 2025-26. Absolutely right, yeah. I think that there will be some shorter-term activity, um, but it will be very difficult to shift shoppers away from this mindset. Mm -hmm. you know, it's very difficult to move shoppers from a frugal mindset that they've adopted, even if a technical recession has come to an end. And I think the, um, everyone's saying that the impact of this will be pretty far-reaching. You spoke a moment ago about the uh, the recession ten years ago and and the the change in or well, the boom in sales that we actually saw for these so-called German discounters Aldi and and Lidl and since then they've become very much a feature of almost every high street in 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 this country in the UK and they've also lost some of that reputation for very heavy discounting. Do you think that they'll become now even more aggressive in their pricing again? They're kind of revert to type and, and what impact? might that actually have? I might maybe turn that on its head and ask now that it's easier for shoppers to buy at cheaper stores because there are more of them. So, you know, you may say that they've lost that reputation for heavy discounting. That may be because the market has aligned itself to the discounters more, the likes of Tesco and Asda um, having big value tier campaigns to try and win some of those lost shoppers back and that bringing their prices down. Um, I don't know what Aldi and Little are going to do with their prices, but if you look at what Tesco have already done um, with the Aldi price match, that certainly brings competition right home for them. Um, so they're going to be responding to that in some way. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a similar pricing initiative to keep shoppers given the circumstances. Mm. But your hunch would be that one of the, the key drivers then for the next several years is going to be this focus on price. And, and is it just about price? Uh, what do you think about the opportunities for, for new retail formats, for example? I mean, there's been a huge growth in alternative outlets in recent months. Do you think that's going to continue? So online as a format has grown hugely over the past few months. We've seen in particular retirees become a lot more comfortable with online shopping um, and use that format more often as they're not able to get out to the stores. Um, particularly as much as some other age groups. And we're starting to see that they're repeat shopping a lot more online as well. So there's some evidence that we'll be shopping online a lot more in the future. Um, that's not going to take away traditional retail. Traditional retail still accounts for close to 90% of sales, um, whereas online is you know still hovering around 10%. Mm. So it's not going to make waves. It will continue to become a lot more important. And if you look at Wasicado are investing in vertical farming, for instance. There are some quite interesting ties with the produce industry there too. Mm. And what, what about the kind of the independent sector, shall we call it? I mean, you know, looking around here where I live uh, in central London, there are all sorts of efforts to try and make uh, fresh fruits and vegetables available in smaller shops, in, in kind of pop-up shops almost. Do you think those will, will disappear or will they be here to stay? I certainly hope not, because I quite enjoy shopping in those types of stores as well, um, particularly the markets. Um, I, I don't know how they will be affected by the recession, but then if you, if you look at 
people's willingness to shop locally, that sort of movement that's been going on for the past few years, as well as sustainability and buying loose produce that's good quality, um, more visibility of the supply chain and, and isn't kind of wrapped in plastic as it is, is a lot of the time in supermarkets. I, I think that will that will stay if the consumer trend stays on, um, stays strong and there's still demand for that. And, and home delivery as well has become a much bigger feature, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think 11% of households pre-pandemic subscribed to um, some kind of home delivery service, you know, for a monthly subscription. I personally really enjoyed um, getting through some craft beers and we'll be doing that after lockdown. So <laughs> um, I, I think many people will be doing the same, particularly if pubs aren't quite going to be the same as they once were. Well, you have to give me the, the web address for this craft beer uh, home <laughs> delivery service. I will. Joe, that's uh, all we've got time for on uh, Fruitbox today. I, I was joined down the line from London uh, by Joe Shaw Roberts, the Consumer Insight Director for the produce team at Cantar World Panel. Joe, really nice to catch up with you. Thank you so much for your time today. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. Now, you can f- find today's conversation with Joe and the many others I'm having here at Fruitbox on our website, fruitnet.com. Uh, I'm pleased to say our audience continues to grow, and many of you now tune into these conversations each and every week. It shows the strong interest there is out there for the best insight at a moment of such momentous change in the business. I've got more great guests coming on the show in the coming weeks. If you want to feature in a future episode, I've got some ideas of what you'd like me to talk about on Fruitbox, then do tell me. Drop me a line to my email address, chris at fruitnet.com. Fruitbox is now on every podcast platform, I think. Uh, You can stream or download an episode on your phone or tablet. And when you finish listening, then do start reading, because all our magazines are now on your phone and tablet too. They're free to download at Apple's App Store or at Google Play. That was Fruitbox, and this is Chris White. Thank you for listening, and until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye.